Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz are back at it tonight against the Washington Wizards. NBA pretty predictable last night. The Thunder and the Lakers both won as expected. They were the only Western contenders to play. So... For the Jazz now, they got to go out and beat the Wizards. It's a terrible team. They're 15 games under 500. they They're 10-point underdogs in this game. The Jazz just have to go win. Uh, Matt Coma on the KUTV sports team was looking it up yesterday. Last time the Jazz lost five straight out of the All-Star break, 1993. It's been 27 years. Mark Eaton hurt his back, and the Brown Bear, a power forward, had to play center. And, yeah, it was basically a layup drill for opponents that year. That was the only time in a 12-year span that they didn't play at a 50-win pace. They didn't win 50 that year. They won 47, and then there was a lockout year. They went like 37 and 13. So they they were winning three-quarters of their games. They were actually playing at a 60-win pace that year. That was the worst team in the prime of Stockton, Malone, and Sloan. That was the last time the Jazz lost five in a row. So, they haven't done it yet. They've lost four. They need to beat the Wizards. I was talking with Locke about this. He hadn't heard the segment PK and I did yesterday, but he totally agreed. He was completely on board. You lose to Houston. It happens. Houston is really good. You lose to Boston. It happens. Boston is really good. But a lot of the hand-wringing now is because it's four in a row. If they won the two they're supposed to, beating the Spurs and Suns, they'd be tied for fourth with Houston right now. They'd be a game back third. You know, they'd be right in the mix. And people would be like, why can't we be good teams? There'd be some wailing and gnashing of teeth, but nothing like we're seeing now. Nothing. So they have to go out and beat a team they're supposed to beat tonight, and that's the Wizards. Got to beat them. All right, DJ and PK for a little more on the Jazz. PK and I with Craig Bowlerjack here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, Craig. Hey, PK. DJ, how are you? <laughs> well, the Jazz have lost four in a row and nine of 13, so it's uh, the mood's a little down, Bowler. Oh, people, the mood is down. People yes. are looking for yes. answers, and you're Craig Bowlerjack. The only positive is, the only positive is I've, I get a chance to run into you two at shoot-arounds. <laughs> on occasion, yep. when you guys decide to drop by for a visit. I'm not showing up anymore. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Yeah. It's too gloomy. Stay away, PK. <laughs> his, his purple hoodie took its first loss of the year. Uh, he wore it for the Celtic game for good luck, and it, it only worked for three quarters. It didn't have four quarters of strength in it. You know, I'm I'm kind of superstitious, too. Uh, I've worn a couple of uh, ties that have brought good luck. You know, good luck in the past. I wore a you know how Lima dresses to the nines, you know, with the vests. And I tried the vest the other night. That didn't work. So, I don't know. I need new ideas on, you know, how to how to turn this around. But I guess really it comes down to playing, playing solid team basketball. And, you know, even, the, the, you know, the locker room was a little bit more on the positive end last night. Um, but yet you lose. Uh, they thought they made progress defensively. DK and DJ, but again, you lose. Um, and my thought is, I asked Matt this last night, as athletes at high levels, which which is what this is at this in the NBA, is how much has this become now the fight through mental anguish, doubt? And you know, I he really thought that was an interesting question because we always talk about ninety percent mental, ten percent is the physical part. I just wonder if the Jazz maybe aren't on the flip side of that right now because I think it's kind of it does seep in to you where you do make 
uh, instead of just playing your game, you think too much, and maybe that's where the Jazz are right now. Uh, and I'm trying to find uh, rotations last night with Royce coming back in as a, as a defender. Played well, got some big shots, scored You know, the offense. <clears throat> he helped jumpstart jump a little bit. But uh, the fourth quarter, it wasn't the third quarter this time, it was the fourth quarter uh, that uh, seemed to be the, the difference maker in this game. Yeah, as I look at these four games post-All-Star break, uh, one thing on this, several things, but one thing that jumps out at me is Bogdanovich hasn't gotten going. And he's yeah. got to get going because he is the most capable of being the second best scorer offensively behind Mitchell. Mitchell was, you know, loved his mindset. I'm just going to, if we're going down, I'm going down fighting. And I loved it. And Bogdanovich, since the All Star break, he's just not played well. They've got to find a way to get his confidence level going. He just, in my mind, he just needs a single breakout game and then it can come back. It's not like it's gone forever, but it needs to come back. I think that's the difference. Him going one of eight, oh, for four from three and only scoring three points. I just don't think you're going to win very many games as he's playing like that. Yeah, no, he, he's, uh, and Joe, I would throw in that mix as well, PK. Those, those two uh, give the Jazz a lot of fight, a lot of emotion. Joe, as we know, crafty and a guy that, uh, gets in the heads of a lot of uh, his opponents. And, you know, that's kind of the way the Jazz play. Joe Joe is really, in my book, a lot of the heart and soul of this team, especially on the defensive end. Uh, you know, he's a lot, there's a lot of trust there with his teammates, a lot of trust with Quinn Snyder. Uh, Joe has struggled, uh, and Bogey, I think, is the other part of that equation as well. How about I would never have thought in the four games he's three of uh, 17 from outside, and last night gave the Jazz, you know, all of three points and four rebounds in you know 34 minutes. So, you know, those are keys. I mean, those guys, this team, you know, has a lot of integral parts and a lot of emotional parts that go with it. And right now, uh, it's just fractured. And I think you're right about, you know, the the Bogdanoviches, the Joe Ingles. They seem to be just mentally in a disconnect. And hopefully, you can regain. It may be as simple as you said to break out, but you you have to see the ball go in, and it has to happen early. I think once you get into that, oh no, not again, uh, kind of mode. I felt that last night for Bogdanovich. I really did emotionally. I just felt like he that first shot didn't go in, and then it kind of just you know avalanches the rest of the way. So I think I surprised a little PK a little bit when I said this, but I think that guys are second guessing themselves as to when to throw the ball to Rudy and when not to. And yeah. they clearly missed him several times when he was open in the second half of the game. But I thought that was because Rudy didn't catch a couple of passes. Well, he didn't catch a pass from Mike Conley in the first quarter. I think it was late first quarter, and it went right, right through his hands it. and out of bounds, right? And there was another right. time before that where he got caught underneath the hoop wasn't quite sure what to do. Got stripped, turned the ball over, and then the Celtics knew, well, we got to step on you. We're going to beat you down the court and get a fast break bucket. And they did that, and I thought the body language when they got that bucket was kind of like, oh, man. So are you seeing a lot of this, too, as far as second-guessing and, and when do they trust Rudy and when they don't? And he didn't have that many touches, yes. and he had four turnovers. Yeah, I mean, Rudy's a guy that wants touches. He made that declaration before the All-Star break. You know, he wants to be more involved in the offense. He took four shots last night and made all four, and we know what he does. I mean, he's a guy at the rim, you know, leads the league in dunks. But the other part of it, too, is Joe is is a player that seems to be, has been, um, defensively, they exile him from this from, from the rotation of how the Jazz play. And 
What I mean by that is they crowd him on the three-point line, and the passes to Rudy as they continue to spread the floor. It's more difficult. It's a longer pass, a higher, a longer lob pass, which, again, and with hang time, from what I've seen, is that then equates to more opportunity to turn the ball over. And Rudy had four turnovers last night, and you mentioned two of them. And, I've, again, it's, it's such a – you know, the spacing on the floor for Gobert is so important. You cannot put it at his hip. You can't put it at his, at his number. It has to be above most – you know, everybody on the floor. And those are difficult passes to, 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 be, to, to, to be an expert at. And Joe is one of those guys that has that, con- that, that connection with Rudy. And I think Gobert really depends on Joe a lot on the floor offensively. And when Ingles can't deliver, I think I think Rudy suffers, and that's what again I, I saw a lot last night. Conley has played not as much with Gobert, obviously, and I think that comes into play at times on timing. Um, again, he was you know play with Gasol, who was a pick and pop guy. Rudy is at the rim, and so I think Joe understands his game uh, and as best as best as anybody on that team right now. And I think if if Joe can deliver that ball to Rudy, then Gobert struggles. And I think, again, we saw that last night. Do you have any idea why they decided that uh, Conley was going to come off the bench? And according to himself, when he, you know, when he, he took a nap, he thought he was coming off the bench. And then when he woke up, he was told he was starting. Why this flip-flop? You know, I, I kind of reached out and talked to a couple of players last night, and I think they were basically, and Royce O'Neal said the same thing. Look, he, he said, I heard I was, you know, going to start. I thought for it was going to be, you know, Mike uh, was going to come off the bench and then Quinn and the staff made a decision to go the other way and go with Joe. So uh, there wasn't much of an explanation, except I think it had to be a gut feel from Quinn uh, to decide after that uh, shoot around and the declaration that it was going to be Conley coming off the bench that they decided to turn it around the other way. I don't know if it was matchups, PK, or it was a fact that maybe he just didn't feel comfortable with him running or being part of the second unit with not a lot of options offensively. So that's kind of an internal decision. And uh, one, I think the team just decided to, hey, whoever plays, plays. And, you know, and Quinn's always been the one, too, PK, that says that this is all fluid. Uh, We as media and fans put a lot of stock into who starts, and I get that. Uh, and a lot of players put stock into it, right? And their agents as well. So the explanation really is one behind closed doors. And I, I did not get the final answer on on, the, on that decision. But it may have just been as simple as just a decision, a gut feel to say, I'm more comfortable with this than I am with that. So let's make the change. And that's what uh, that's what the Jazz did. There's PK and I with Craig Bullerjack. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going down to BYU. The Cougars are gearing up for the final regular season game. They're playing the Pepperdine Waves. They're going to finish either second or third in the West Coast Conference. They're going to finish second. Uh, Are they going to win this game? Well, if they win this game, they finish second. If they blow this game, then they still finish second if Gonzaga beats St. Mary's. And I'm thinking Gonzaga's going to beat St. Mary's. But you don't want to back into it. You want to be Pepperdine and, and keep rolling, right? All right, we'll go down and uh, hear from the Cougars. T.J. Haas, Alex Barcelo coming up along with head coach Mark Pope. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What a crazy day in college basketball. I don't know if you watched any Pac-12 hoops last night, but UCLA beats Arizona State, USC beats Arizona, and so now in the ever-changing Pac-12, Oregon and UCLA are both 11-5 and and tied for first place. And Colorado went to Cal and lost. Yeah, I know. The Utes are going to Cal this weekend. And the Utes haven't won a conference road game yet. So Colorado's loss knocks them down a peg. Oregon and UCLA are a half game up on ASU, a full game up on Colorado, a game and a half on Arizona, and two on USC. But we're not done yet, are we? There's more craziness to come in the Pac-12. West Coast Conference basketball, let's get to that now. The top spot, Gonzaga. They're going to be the one seed in the conference tournament. We know that. That's, That's a done deal. They beat USD. So there's now uh, the Bulldogs waiting there in the one. And Pacific is locked into the four as well. BYU and St. Mary's aren't locked into the two and three, but they might as well be. BYU is number two if they beat Pepperdine or if St. Mary's loses to Gonzaga. Either way, and you would think St. Mary's is going to lose up in Spokane. Either way, BYU ends up as the two seed uh, if that happens, which means they get a bye straight into the semifinals, at which point they play the winner of the 3-6 game. Uh, which would probably be St. Mary's, you'd assume. Uh, they're probably going to end up playing either uh, USF or Pepperdine. Um, for BYU, it's just all about momentum. They've got it now. They've got confidence. Don't do anything crazy that makes a waiver. You know, and Pepperdine is uh, they're an okay team. They're nine and four at home. They're fifteen and fourteen on the year, and they're eight and seven in league. I mean, that is the very definition of okay. So BYU needs to get this game. Go out there, play a B-plus, A-minus game. I mean, you want to play the A-plus game, but it's hard to do that every time. But I think even the B-plus, A-minus game gets BYU through here. Got to go out and defend. And then, you know, the shots will come and go, but you gotta, you're got you on the road. So, you know, you, you got to be ready for that. But you got to go defend. All right, let's start hearing from the Cougars. Let's start with the transfer from Arizona, the junior, Alex Barcelo. Here he is meeting with the media. How long did you celebrate uh, Saturday and then before moving on to a pretty big game this week? Uh, definitely that night uh, for sure. And then uh, Sunday we were, we were still all, all hyped about it and then uh, Monday as well. But um, when we came back on Monday, we knew that we had to flip the page. And, you know, with this upcoming game against Pepperdine, where it's going to be another battle, you know, at their place. And um, we're going to have to come in there ready to fight just like we always do. How's the focus been this week, knowing you're coming off a big upset like that and still have a game left in the season? It's been really good. Um, you know, we had to recover a lot just because we came off those two big games. Um, our bodies were pretty sore, but we, we've been in here recovering. Um, and then today we had a pretty hard practice where guys were diving on the floor, you know. Just that mentality that we always bring. And, uh, you know, it, it was good for our coaching staff to see that and then our, our teammates to also see that, that we're still bringing that every single day as we're leading into March. This is kind of an under-the-radar good Pepperdine team. What stands out about them to where they're just so – I mean, it just seems like they're a really effective team offensively in particular. Definitely, no. Um, their transition for sure because they – not only Colby Ross, but um, some of their bigs brought it down and got us in transition last game we played them. Um, so we're going to have to really lock in and, and make those defensive stops. Is there a benefit to having an entire week off of games between 
Um, for sure, I'd say for recovery, definitely. Um, but, you know, obviously we're, we're in here every single day just keeping up that tempo so that when we go into that game, we're not, you know, sluggish on the defensive end and our offense is crisp just like it is uh, every single time we come into the game. So definitely there are some pros and cons, but um, we've been working every day, so there aren't as many cons. What makes Kobe Ross an effective player in your mind? Um, I think he's a, he's a great player. He's a three-level scorer, guy who can penetrate the lanes really well, can shoot the ball really well. So you just got to stay focused and stay locked in the whole game on him. He's just a relentless type of a guy. Definitely, for sure. And he finds his teammates. So it's going to be a tough game, but well, we're going to come just like we always do. A win on Saturday at Pepperdine would lock up the two seed for you guys. Have coaches mentioned that in, just in terms of kind of preparing for the conference tournament and the postseason and that sort of thing? Or? Uh, they have mentioned it one time, um, but, you know, we're always striving to be to be better and to be greater. Um, so that's something that we definitely want to, to lock that in, but we're, we're going to come in with the mentality like every game's winner go home now. So um, we're going we're gonna to come ready to bring it. There's Alex Barcelo now. Here's the guy who's been a big-time hero lately. T.J. Haas. T.J., what's it been like to you have that big high beating Gonzaga and getting back to work and focusing on what you have this weekend? Yeah, you know, it's it was definitely a great weekend. Um, but Monday we kind of put it to bed and, and kept working. And, you know, I feel like that's, that's who this team is. Uh, you know, we've taken this whole year one day at a time. And so I feel like, you know, we've kind of built those habits. And so coming back, uh, it, was, it was really nothing different for us. Is it nice to only have the one game this week to let you guys recover a little bit more after that game? Uh, yeah, you always kind of want to play. It's weird that it's Thursday and we don't have a game. Uh, it'd be interesting to you know kind of watch the league and see how everybody does. But yeah, it's kind of weird not playing. So what are you going to do tonight instead of playing? Hang with my wife and son. Get, have some quality time together. Historically, it's been a little tough to play at Pepperdine. What makes that that arena so difficult to play? In? Uh, I don't know, they're a really good team, and uh, you know it's kind of a smaller gym, and sometimes I feel like you kind of have to bring your own energy a little bit, and so uh, it's always a challenge to, to play to play there, and uh, it's no different this year. This team is really talented, and um, it's going to be a battle for 40 minutes. What's been the key, do you think, to this eight-game winning streak that you guys are on right now? Uh, you know, I think it's it's what I just said earlier. It's taking it one day at a time, and I. Um, this team hasn't looked too far ahead and um, you know heading down to the end of the season now it's just we have to you know take it one day at a time keep getting better every single day you know that's what's gotten us to this point I think it's what's going to help us you know down the stretch. Did you look back at that San Francisco loss was it kind of a defining moment for the save of the season? Yeah I, de- I think um, we learned a lot from that game and we made some huge improvements to our team and, you know, sometimes a loss can be very beneficial for a team. And I think in this case, we, we made some big changes. And, you know, I, I felt like we got a lot better from that. As Coach Ruffin at this first season as head coach, what would you say has been the biggest thing that he's added to this program? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, that's a tough question. He's brought so much to this program, but he just has so much energy. And he, he, he works so hard and he... You know, you never really see him taking days off or, you know, taking time off. It's just he's always up in his office. He's always working. He's always trying to figure out what to do next. And, uh, you know, that kind of energy is contagious to all of our guys. And all of our guys feel that. And, you know, we, we want to be the best we can be. And he's leading that charge. How big would it be to clinch that number two seed and know you're through to the semifinals automatically? Yeah, it'd be it'd be huge. If we can go get a win, that, that puts us in a great spot. And... 
um, you know, we're in control of that. So hopefully we can go get a win. All right, there's TJ Haas. Now let's hear from BYU head coach Mark Pope as BYU gets ready to face the Pepperdine Waves. All this worry about human nature, right? We won eight in a row, and, and uh, we've had some emotional wins, and we just finished senior night, and we've had some time off. And so you worry about all those things, but um, I also trust that this group is um, that they they have fought for a long time to try and put them in, in a position where they can actually try and do what they get to try and do right now. And so I don't think they're taking it for granted, and I don't think they're. I don't, you know, sometimes winds soften you a little bit and streaks soften you, and I don't think that's the case with these guys. But we'll see Saturday. We'll see Saturday who we are right now. How difficult, it all, if at all, has it been to kind of put that Gonzaga game in the rearview mirror and focus on Pepperdine? Well, I think it's hard because you don't really want to, right? I mean, you want to indulge in, like, you know, how fun it was and how magnificent it was, but that's stuff for postseason. Um, I think we'll see how it works out, but I think there's a chance that this week has been good for us. Give us a couple extra days to like, you know, refocus and, and start to let our, you know, the anxiety come back of understanding how hard this Pepperdine game is going to be. And, and so hopefully that's the case. I think there's a good chance that it's going to be positive for us. Have you had any of your like, mentors reach out to you and congratulate you on that big win? Yeah, just some 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 really uh, some some you know uh, there's so many people in coaching that I deeply deeply respect, and so you know from time to time to hear from those people, even people that are competitors, it means a lot. Um, and so, um, but you know, it's that's all fine and good. But like I said, we're, we're trying to chase something bigger than where we are right now. Dalton, what's his status like right now? He's working hard. He's doing everything he can. Uh, he just got it. It's just time right now. He's just got to get better. So he's doing, uh, you know, uh, pool and bike alternating every day. He's doing, taking all kind of these, um, uh, you know, reconstructive, replenishing shakes and pills, and all of them are legal. We've made sure that everything is clear. And uh, and so he's doing everything humanly possible to get back. And I, I have a lot of confidence that he's going to get back. We just got to keep winning so that he can come back. So uh, we're excited about that when that happens. You've talked a lot about getting better every day. I mean, how can you get better after taking down maybe the best team in the country? Um, well, uh, there's a million ways we can get better. I told the guys on Monday, I, like, like so many of us, which I think is so remarkable, I also went home and watched the game from like 1.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the morning, uh, the night we played the game. It's actually at the, sh- at the uh, coaches show, we had a big crowd there, and so I actually asked for a raise of hands of everybody who had gone home and watched the game again, and I kid you not, it was over half the people raised their hand, and everyone started dying laughing, because there's that weird shared experience here at BYU that's so fantastic. and. Uh, I watched the game that night, and I'm like, we were amazing. I was like, we might be the greatest team in the world. And then I watched the game again Sunday night, and all I could think was like, man, we, we are not even close to where we need to be. Uh, and so the guys got an earful Monday morning. Of course, that's the, the, the terrible uh, tradition in coaching. But we, we, there's a, there, it's, hard, it's easier to find the ways. It's way There are very few ways that we can get better even from that game. 
and um, so we got to grow. We got to get better. The guys did a nice job today, really being locked in and trying to get better, and we can get way better in a hundred different areas. What are your final tally on how much you spent at Cubbies the other night? Yeah, it was uh, it was just just barely over eighteen hundred dollars. Right. So so I um, I will be holding a car wash for all the media, five dollars a car, <laughs> right out in the parking lot after this to try and pay for it. I saw Cubbies was out here today too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm bringing you all this business. How are you not giving me a break? But he's a businessman, a dear friend. What challenges does Pepperdine team fits the chant give you guys? The yeah. team last time was yeah. you guys rolled. But. Yeah, but they still scored 80 points. Um, they're a really explosive point offensive team. They have maybe one of the physical, most difficult to guard point guards in the league uh, in terms of his physicality and Kobe Ross, and they spread the floor that one through five can really, really shoot it. Uh, and and they keep the floor incredibly spaced, so it's just all kind of problems. They're probably the best, most effective pick-and-pop team, the way they space the floor, uh, and you got to get there fast and on time, and, and it makes it really difficult because you're trying to manage Kobe Ross, but then you got you, you, you to handle the pop of the role also, and it's, it's really it's, it's hard. They're unbelievably good in transition. Their fours and fives also push it in transition, which, which really skews our rotations. Uh, you know, we saw that for the first time this season at Utah, and it was a disaster. It was poor preparation on my part, getting our guys ready for different different positions, actually pushing the ball in transfers. It's something we worked on all season, so hopefully we'll show a little better in that area. Uh, and, you know, and they're going to be, it's their senior night, and uh, you know they have a, a senior that's done a ton for this program, starting at five, and his younger brother is also on the team, and, and uh, they're, they're a really powerful, explosive team, and it's a hard gym to play in. I think in the last eight years, we're four and four there, so we, we, we know we have our work cut out for us. All right, there's BYU coach Mark Pope. When we come back, PK and I with Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Joe Ingles joined us late in the show Thursday. Want to replay that for you now. His thoughts on why everything has gone south. They've lost four in a row and nine out of 13. And uh, we appreciate Joe showing up because a lot of people would have ducked. But Joe didn't. Here's Joe Ingles with PK and I. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic. And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, do you have answers? Because, man, jazz fans have questions. We've been trying to give them, but it turns out they don't really like our answers. (laughs) 
might have. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's funny. You know, not, not really funny. You've been in this community long enough. You know how much these fans just obsess over everything you guys do. And, For sure. And, and we're supposed to find explanations and this and that. It, it, the one thing that I can come up with, correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, is that each guy just look individually, am I doing all that I can to help this team win? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I think it's a it's a perfect kind of place to start. You um, Before, I'm not even going to say blaming because I don't think our team is kind of blaming it on other people or, or other players, but... Um, before kind of questioning someone else or what someone else is doing, right or wrong, um, it, it's all obviously about us looking at ourselves. And like you said, everyone going out there and obviously within our system and the way we play on, on both ends of the floor, am I am I doing it all? Am I doing it to the best of my ability? Am I just kind of leaving it all out there? And um, there's obviously been times that we haven't been playing well at all. And uh, I think everyone over this last little period, even the five games before this, um, little things that, like, I guess, are repeat habits of, of the same mistakes or, or the same breakdowns defensively or transition defense or whatever it is specifically. Um, just focusing on, on what we need to do, what we need to do each game, each practice, each quarter, um, and even kind of going to each possession, really. So, um there's obviously a lot we can improve on. I think um, as bad as we all feel right now um, and last night, I think we did get some... Like, Sorry, Mike. It was kind of one stretch where they um, got out in transition and hit some shots and we weren't scoring and, and it opened up the game. And obviously a good team like that... Um, you give them the lead, they're obviously going to do a, a pretty good job of keeping it. So I'm curious here, uh, you know, I read the updates, and so you just go by the math of it all, right? They've lost four in a row and nine of 13, but you played so well in between, and a lot of teams lose nine of 13, there's, you know, a win here, a win there. But there's a five-game losing streak, there's a four-game winning streak, and then there's a four-game losing streak. Are the two losing streaks, like, connected in your mind? Is it the same issues? Because I know a lot of us thought problems are solved when you win four in a row and you beat Houston in dramatic fashion you beat Miami. Those are good teams. So are these streaks two separate things or should they be connected? Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it to be honest. But, um, I mean, I think regardless they're somewhat connected because it's not like it was a five-game losing streak in October, um, it was only kind of around the corner, and obviously without All Star break, it's even sooner than that. So it's, it's pretty close to those whatever it was, thirteen games are all, are all pretty tied in, pretty close together. If you take the All Star break out, so um, yeah, I think obviously after that five game, I think we kind of like you said, we kind of had to look in the mirror, and we I think we figured some things out. We we obviously some beat some good teams and we're, we're playing a little bit better. I, I mean, it, it it probably wasn't perfect. I, I honestly can't remember every possession from, from back then. It wouldn't have been perfect. I'm sure we had mistakes, but they were obviously limited and we were playing well and um, we're playing well well enough to get some wins. Um, and now we're in, yeah, whatever it is now, four or whatever in a row. So we've got to 
and the same thing you you like it's i don't want people to think that we we don't care or that we're not worried or or trying to figure out what to do or how to do it but it's um it's another quick turnaround you you play again on on well tomorrow now and um you you don't want to go into the game thinking about not not thinking about the game obviously we want to think about what we did wrong and doing it better and how we can play better but um we can't just kind of mope around with our heads down and um act like the world's ending because we we have another game we've got to we've got to figure out this this way to kind of turn it around and, and start playing the way we have showed we can play for, for a lot of this season. The confidence factor has always intrigued me, you know, because you hear college players and other guys talk about confidence and how it comes and goes. And from the outside, from my perspective, having not been a professional athlete and not come close to it, you'd think that professionals who are the elite of the elite, there's only just relatively speaking a handful of you compared to the population that plays the game, you'd think that you have confidence at the highest level all the time because of how good you are. I'm wondering, during streaks like this, does confidence fluctuate to the individual level and then to the collective level as a team? I think at the end of the day, which is, is forgotten in, in our world, is like we are all still human beings. Like we are regular humans. Like we go through the same stuff other people do. We have good days. We have bad days. On and off court, I'm not saying it's it's just on court or, or just off court, but um, there's definitely times when you you feel more confident or um, I don't even know the word, but feel better out there than other times. Is um, there's always or there could always be there's things there's things that could be going on. Guys could be injured, guys could stuff at home, which is obviously kind of what I did, what, what I had going on last year and stuff like that. So you, uh, I think at the end of the day. It does get a little bit forgotten. Um, like guys are going to lose confidence at times. I'm not saying that they're not confident at all to, to go out there and do their job, but it's going to be on a different level at, at different times. You're not going to be riding this like wave of like confidence and um, like a, a high level of playing for 82 games for your whole career. Like it, it's going to go up and down. You're going to have times, that, and I don't. I don't think. I, don't, I wouldn't say guys in our team have, don't have confidence. I think we all know, like you said, there's a, a hand, what is it, 450 players in the world that are playing in this league. Is like You have to be somewhat confident to be able to even even get a sniff in the NBA um, and and kind of do your job at, and do it at a high level. But there's, there is um, kind of flows that you go through. And um, I, I guess that's... The one thing you don't want to do is go through one of those kind of down patches all at the same time, and I don't think we're doing that because we've got some guys. Who's playing at a, a pretty high. We've got guys playing at a reasonable level, but we we all need a from top to bottom. We all or every player needs to pick it up, and I think I said it last week or in the the shoot around or something that the kids just can't get out there and do it for us. You guys can't like we we have, it's on the players to to play better and, and be locked in and do what we have to do and, and do our job. And obviously that, um, at the end of the day, is to, to win games, um, not just to play them. Do you hear a lot of what's going on in the crowd because it sounds different at games now and there's a part of me that thinks you guys would be better served if you were just out on the road and didn't have to play the Wizards at home? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you hit, you hit bits and pieces. I don't think it's. I obviously can't really speak for others. I think. Um, I mean, when you have twenty thousand people all watching, five people run around on a court, you, you obviously um, it, it makes an impact. You can hear cheers and boos, and sometimes, depending on the situation, you can hear like individuals yell stuff out or whatever it is if it's quiet and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I don't honestly don't hear too much. I think you, like I said, it's it, it's. You, you're trying to play a game. You, it's like there's a game plan, and a, you're trying to worry about that and who you're guarding and what you're meant to be doing. And coach, like trying to listen to coach, and you've got four other teammates. And the guys on the bench, so, um, I don't, I don't hear too much. You can obviously, when it's loud and all that, you hear it. But um, kind of, it is what it is. Really, it's a part of the game. <laughs> You've gone on record a hundred times over saying you couldn't care less as far as starting and coming off the bench, and so now you came off the bench, and I know your answer, so I'm not going to ask you to repeat something (laughs) you've been saying for six years, but what I will ask you, do you think it matters to some other guys, to some of your teammates, whether they're starting or not? Um, I mean, not really. I I mean, there's there's guys that are going to start. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, Donovan's going to start. Like, he's our guy, Rudy. Boyan, obviously, the three that have kind of mixed in and out has been me, Royce, and, and Mark. We've all spoken to Coach. We've all had spoken to each other. Like, it's at the end of the day, um, I mean, I think uh, I think technically we've got kind of six stars. I think any of us could. Um, I, I know for a fact that it, it it's not like a really like a worrisome thing. Like I'm not, I wasn't sitting at home yesterday upset and worried that I wasn't going to be starting. Um, you try and figure out, like I said earlier in the year when I was coming off the bench at the start of the season, it's you, like I, I want to win games. I want to win as many games as we can. I want to get to win as many as we can there and, and be the last team standing. And, um, if that's, like I said, starting or coming off the bench or playing less or playing more or having the ball more or having the ball less, whatever the situation is, um, obviously trying to do it to the best of our abilities of when we're out there. And um, I mean, it, you never know people's conversations with their own family or friends or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's a, an issue within our group. I think guys really have that common goal of, of, of trying to win and especially now when it's you're in a, a rough patch it's like obviously the whole of Utah has lasered in on us and why we're not winning and um, yeah I mean like I said before it's not like we we aren't frustrated or, or we aren't getting bad at certain situations or the way we're playing at times because individually like, obviously I want to play better uh, and I have played well I, I want to play better I'm trying to do as much as I can out there, try and help the team, and it's frustrating when you you string together a couple of bad games because, you, like you said about the confidence, like I know I can do more, I know I can play better, um, and that's on me to to get out there and be aggressive um, and try and lead on the team and help us help us turn this around and get some wins. You're one of the guys who's been here for a while, so you know how you've defended over the last three or four years. And I think a lot of the struggles are are mental, chemistry, that kind of stuff. But there are a few things that are X's and O's. 
And it does seem like your opponents are more dedicated than ever to getting Rudy out on the three-point line, which, you know, you for years, I think, have been, hey, we're going to take this jumper or this three-point shot away from this guy. I'm going to funnel him to Rudy, and he's not going to know what to do. And that doesn't work quite as well when Rudy's not 10 or 12 feet from the hoop. He's 20 or 25 feet from the hoop. How much of X's and O's and, and the way the opponents are playing you changed here the last couple of months? Oh, there's no doubt that the I think anyone that's watched enough basketball over the last few years has seen the game change. And um, I mean, when I first got here, we played with Fave and Rudy, and it was like most a lot of teams were doing that, having kind of two bigs, and then it kind of we were probably the other the other team off the top of my head is the Memphis with Marcus Ole and Zach Randolph that that did it, kind of kept it as well, but. We were probably one of the last teams that, that still played two bigs, and um, and now we're on a patch. And this is only kind of six, seven, eight years if you think about it. Now we're in a, a period where, I mean, Houston, for example, like starting PJ Tucker at the five, he, when he first got in the league, he was playing the two and three. Um, so it's definitely, I mean, the league's changing. Um, who knows where it kind of goes next if, if that Houston team stays together or doesn't. If they end up deciding they don't want to do that, then maybe it goes back to playing one or two bigs again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a, a game plan for teams when you've got two-time defensive player, uh, whatever number and rate and percentage that he protects the rim and does all that, obviously uh, at a very high level. And... Um, Obviously, I mean, if I was coaching against us, I'd try and get him away from the rim, rim as well, because he's he's intimidating down there. He he, he makes plays and um, kind of like you said, you funnel him down there, and he's he's um, been that anchor and, and probably saved our team in a lot of situations. He's made us all look pretty good uh, at times. So um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a different. I, I think you you try and adjust. I think it was that one through four. We're playing small with with a big and kind of switching one through four and like mixing up what they were doing with fives and then a lot of teams now like especially with the second unit they might start their regular bigs or whatever and then coming in with um, a four that well a five that used to be a four and switching one through four and or one through five and trying to keep you in front of them and you, you kind of live with like kind of contested threes unless you can kind of break the pain and, and really make plays so um, yeah I think it's it's 100% a game plan for teams to, to keep Rudy outside um, on the outside on the perimeter and um, yeah I mean I think we talked about it about the guards containing the ball and um, the better we are at that obviously the better we are we can run back in transition which will be a good start and then man up contain the ball and, and, and if we get to that point then it still gives Rudy a chance to um, do what he does best so we always hear guys say, you know, I got to be more aggressive, and you said that, and we saw Donovan Mitchell what that meant for him. I mean, he was playing like it was his last game, and he looked so awesome. What does it mean individually for you when you say I've got to be more aggressive? Um, well, I think I, I think on both ends of the floor, and, and I mean, even something that's not really to do with basketball, but that leadership of, of keeping the guys. Together, obviously talking about what I see, um, what can help us, what we isn't working um, on the floor. Obviously, defensively, just um, I think we've we've kind of like being a being a pest and being annoying out there and, and doing 
kind of what I have done for for a while. And offensively, if I if I get the rebound or ever pushing the ball, um, uh, trying to make obviously make plays for others, get others involved, and um, when my shot is there, take it. And if I make ten or miss ten, obviously still have that confidence to shoot the next one. And um, yeah, I mean it's just a. I mean, we've talked about it a million times, but there's, there's different games at different times. I might have 15 shots at a time. I might have three. Um, I think when it is on the lesser side, there's there's definitely things I can do, um, which I'll get to, to talk to, to Micah Vince about and, and Quinn today and just try and figure out how I can and what I can do to, to stay aggressive. Cause I mean, it's not fun when you're not, you're not aggressive and you're... I guess you you not you don't feel like you're helping the team and um I probably felt a little bit like that last night. I I didn't feel like I was really helping and you don't wanna overdo it, you don't wanna be the guy that then then goes into the other side where you where you're doing too much and um it's a it's a fine line. So um yeah, I mean I'll I'll figure it out. I think our team will figure it all out and um hopefully hopefully it's sooner than later. So uh, in my simple brain, and I, I, I threw this out there earlier this morning, I've done it in a couple shows, and you'll probably tell me that's because you have a simple brain, DJ. But I think that what, what happens with your aggressiveness or, or uh, lack thereof during a game is when you're initiating the offense, you got the ball in the hand. Like you just said, when you get the rebound, you get the ball in your hand, you got a chance to be aggressive with it. But if someone else, Mike or Donovan or whoever, but usually those two guys are initiating the offense, if you're in the corner spacing the floor – You've been such a good three-point shooter for so long, teams don't leave you. And so, obviously, the play is going to evolve towards an open guy if you get him in a scramble, and it's not going to be you. So that ends up kind of making you passive. Am I seeing that the right way, or am I missing something? Yeah, I mean, I think think the the obvious or the, um, the, the, the easiest way to be aggressive is with the ball. That's what everyone... Like if 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 I say I need to be more aggressive, everyone thinks oh Joe wants the ball more, or needs the ball more. I don't think it's necessarily that. I think, um, like you said, it's like like me doing that and being in the corner and them not leaving me is is helping the team. It's helping Rudy on the roll. It's helping be helping Donovan. Maybe they don't leave me and they mess up and they leave Royce and he's shooting whatever he's shooting this year at a high level from from three, or it's Boyan or whoever it is or mine. That's obviously why we kind of built the team and they did but they did what they did is um to I guess not have that weakness of well you can't just leave me or you can't stay attached to me because that the what the guy next to me is Boyan or, or whatever it is. So um yeah I think everyone I think everyone automatically um assumes that that being aggressive means you need the more more or whatever. I think there's a lot of other ways I can I can help the team by by being I think I can get other guys open. I think I can can move without the ball. I think um, even a six part last night. Like I came in there and I think one of the first possessions like I got the ball and I I, I caught it a little awkwardly. But it's like I got to be ready to shoot that and and shoot it. Um, and that's me being aggressive. That's not. Um, Anything else? It's just making sure at every possession, every time, every every walk down the court that that I'm ready to to go and catch, or ready to shoot, or ready to to set a back screen for Donovan to get him open, or, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think 
the the term of of being aggressive can be kind of looked at in in very different ways, but it's not it's definitely not me <laughs> side noting to Quinn that I need the ball more because that's that's not the case. I think we've got a really good team that um, that has multiple different handlers, multiple different scorers, shooters, um, and and that's like I said, it's not on the coach. That's on us to to figure out who's going or who's not or what's working or what's not. If it's if it's me handling or if it's Mike or Donovan or, or Donovan coming off plays or Boyan shooting, whatever that is, um, it's on us to figure it out and, um, and make it work. Well, Joe, I've interviewed hundreds if not thousands of professional athletes over the years, and I don't know that there would be many who would do what you're doing here through the losing streak of still being accountable and coming on the air and taking these questions. So I want you to know that we and the Jazz fans appreciate your accountability. No, no worries. It's, uh, I think I've said before, I committed to it along, what, five years ago? And it's, um, I, don't, I think the, the funny part of it always, like, I, I don't think anyone, especially in our team and all that, should be... Like, if anyone thought we were going to go 82 and 0, like, I'm not saying we were going to go, I'm not saying anything, but there is um, a reality of, of life that we were, we were going to lose games. Obviously, you don't want to lose four in a row or four in a row, but um, we figure it out. We're professionals. It's our job. We'll go in today and work our butts off to, to turn it around and get ready. So, um, yeah, I'll be here every week. We appreciate it, Joe. Thank you. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. There's Joe Ingles with PK and I. What is trending? All the headlines are coming up next. Stay with us.